0: This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. This one by Manningly. Oh, hang on the roof. Good boy. road. He shook up the world again. Anthony for three. Anthony. That one goes down. And the game is coming. See ya. A monster home run. Back-to-back home runs by the baby mama. To Creates. And shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. What's going on? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 403 of BD4. If you are watching the video format of this podcast on YouTube or Spotify, welcome. And um, I look like I just got punched in the face, but I got stung by a bee on Sunday night (laughs) right in the eye. So if I look high or like I just got beat up, um, I did not. Welcome to the show, welcome to BD4, where there's no better way, yes, to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, we also do MMA now too, Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on weekends, occasionally. As you can tell by the title of this episode that you just clicked on, um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to go over that a little bit tonight. Um, now as I am recording, it is... I was going to say Sunday because it's Labor Day and it feels like a Sunday. It is Monday, September 5th. Happy Labor Day to all of you who work. Um, yeah, no, it's it's um, we're going to talk some Knicks for a few minutes. I don't know how long we will go. Um, we'll try to get some more Knicks episodes in here as the NBA season creeps closer. The Knicks are coming closer. Uh, maybe sometime later this month or sometime this month, hopefully we can get like a the usual preseason projections and hot takes and predictions episode in here. Um, maybe we'll talk more about the R.J. Barrett contract extension in future episodes, but in this one we're just mainly gonna talk about the Donovan Mitchell thing, which you know the R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett did play a role in this thing, and we'll talk about that a little bit, so yeah, that happened. Um, I'm a little late with the news. I know it happened like last week um, where Mitchell was moved, and it wasn't to the Knicks, of course, but um, we're going to discuss it nonetheless, so let's get into the show. Thank you for tuning in if you are Um, ...new to the show... ...be sure to subscribe... ...download these episodes... ...and give us a five-star rating... ...and review on Apple Podcasts... ...if you have not yet. We are currently a five-star podcast... ...and would like to keep it that way. With that said... ...let's get to our first break... ...really quick... ...we'll get back... ...and we'll get right into the episode... Waste no time. Hey fellas... ...I've noticed that only a small... ...percentage of you... ...who watch BD4 on YouTube... ...are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and want to be alerted every time a new episode drops, consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the podcast grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 403 four hundred three, of BD4, the Knicks Miss out on Mitchell. Um, yeah, so, (laughs) listen, first of all, what did I tell you people? I, you guys do it all the time, every year, KD, Kyrie, there was even a little hope for Kawhi, (laughs) nope. Nope. Zion Williamson. Nope. Jaden Ivey. Nope. This free agent. That free agent. This trade target. Nope. Now it's Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. This time it's different. You guys even ran with the New York City narrative again. Homegrown player. Didn't you learn your lesson about that shit? Doesn't matter. Especially if you're Yankees fans, you've learned that when they tried to go after that pitcher, Corbin. There's a whole thing about that. Listen, it never happens. You guys always, like my buddy, I was texting my buddy. As soon as these Mitchell rumors started to, um, you know, appear uh, at the top of the summer, my buddy texted me and he's like, I'm confident this time. I know they usually don't get it. I know this is always hearsay, but I'm confident it's going to happen this time. And, you know, to his credit, like the Knicks front office got close, really close. But again, it didn't happen. And and that's what I told him. I'm like, it's something always happens. It's not going to work. They never end up doing it. That's why I never get my hopes up the slightest when the Knicks are going after the big fish. So I told him, I said, you're you're buying into it again, dude. You're buying into the bullshit. It's not going to happen. And I'm getting told it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I told a couple of my buddies texting them the same thing. It's like, listen, I'm telling you, stop setting yourself up for disappointment. You should have learned this years ago. This whole waiting for the prize, this whole hit or miss strategy is not the way. It has not worked. And it's literally a coin not worth tossing. So, yeah, Donovan Mitchell went to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, for... Utah sent back three unprotected first round picks, or they're getting sorry, Utah is getting three unprotected first round picks two pick swaps Lowry Markkinen O.K. Abbaji if I even pronounce his name correctly who is a recent first round pick from the Timberwolves Colin Sexton that's who they're getting um yeah Danny Ainge it's it's Danny Ainge doing what he does best. You know, ripping off the Knicks there. And, you know, Cleveland was said to be out at a time. It was only the Knicks. The Knicks were the strongest suitor. Cleveland was out. RJ was part of the deal initially. But I think once the Knicks pulled RJ from the deal, that opened up the door for other franchises to re-enter. So, what did Cleveland do? They swoop in with, you know... They already have Darius Garland. They already have that kid Mobley. Sexton as an expendable. They have three unprotected as well. And they're willing. And the deal gets done. Because their offer included young players, yes. But more established young players. So the Knicks once again miss out on the big fish. Now, Leon Rose wasn't willing to part with the three picks. But it's like, that's, that's what's maddening to me. Like, excuse me. Leon Rose was paid the big bucks to come here. Literally for this reason. Literally to get a star. That's what we've been building up for. Stockpiling on all this draft capital. That's why we punted the lottery pick in the most recent draft. To make a move. To set up a big move. But all of that to be beat by the Cleveland Cavaliers? Really? Really? I'm not, you know, I'm still, you know, trying to be devil's advocate and see both sides. But the first thing, my initial reaction right now, I'm not going to lie, is like, I'm just thinking, where does this leave us? Where does it leave the Knicks? From here, going forward, where do we go from here? And I want to talk about that as soon as we get back from break. Stay with us. Be back in a sec. (laughs) Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 403 of BD4. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for tuning in. Talking Knicks, the Knicks miss out on Donovan Mitchell, um, so we're going to go over that, but as I was saying, um, yeah, man, it, it, the, the thing that bothers me is I'm just trying to think about where does this leave us? Literally, literally where, where do we go from here? Like, where's Leon Rose? I could tell you one thing I don't want. I don't want to see in, in a month and a half, whatever it is on opening night. I don't want to see. Evan Fournier starting. Randall playing another 40 minutes as well as Fournier. Derek Rose out there over the younger guards a lot more. You know, Grimes, Obi, Cam Reddish getting buried on the bench. I don't want to see that again. And so the pressure is going to be on the front office, on Tom Thibodeau, To play these kids. You know. Because if you didn't make the move. Okay. Whatever. Big asking price. But you must. You absolutely must now. Find more of a balance. And get more looks at your youth. You don't have to pivot 100%. Yet. And go full on youth. Full on tank. Whatever you want to call it. But right now. On opening night, there's no reason that we should be seeing Randall hold the ball the entire shot clock and jerk around in a two-man DHO offense with Evan Fournier because we saw that all of last season and we clearly know that doesn't work. Okay. Now, this time around, I'll even give them some leeway. And unlike last season, If it's not working this year, and you're getting closer to the deadline, and you're out of contention, maybe even fringe, honestly, pull the goddamn plug and trade all your vets, pivot to youth 100%. Okay, so I repeat, if you're getting close to the deadline, and you're most likely out of contention like you were last season, you knew it probably wasn't going in the right direction around the deadline, don't try to go for it the entire rest of the way until the last week of the season like Tibbs did. You can't do that again. If you get close to the deadline and you see the direction this is heading, that this team's not a serious serious contender, you got to pull the plug. you got to move all the vets. Fournier, Randall, Rose, gone. Use these assets that you have, all these picks that you kept, and attach them to these veterans in a package. Because let's be honest, you didn't get Mitchell, but there's always at least, every year there always seems to be at least one star player every year who wants out. Always. I'm hearing, you know, already I'm hearing rumors about uh, the kid in OKC. Gilgis Alexander who's really highly regarded. Okay. But even if these prospects and young players that the Knicks have aren't all that and there's a good chance that, you know, a good portion of them aren't at least you're playing them to maximize their value and you're seeing what you have. That's it for me. That's all it is for me. That's the whole point for me. See what you have. Because honestly, this whole organic only small market mentality that some of you beta males fan, fans have, like this stupid, we can't make moves and we have to keep every pick and every young player idea, that's, that's insane. Sure, there, there are some success stories. You know, the Golden State Warriors, homegrown championships. But there are also plenty of failures with this strategy. Took Golden State forever to get it. OKC has failed with this strategy. Sacramento, Minnesota Timberwolves, Orlando Magic, Philadelphia 76ers. It's also failed. So yeah, the pressure is also going to be on the kids. Pressure is on Grimes. To take the next step forward. He's very highly regarded to the Knicks. To a point where they're willing to give up RJ over Grimes. Pressure's on RJ. Especially with the extension now too. Obi Toppin is going to have some pressure. Quickly is now going to have some pressure. Because he was initially part of the deal. Or at some point he was. But I'm telling you. You eventually. Eventually. You have got to pay to play. At some point. So I'm not dealing with this shit again. An entire year with Julius Randle as the engine. Obi and Cam getting blocked at power forward. We gotta do something. We've had zero, zero number one stars for how many years now? RJ's a nice young player. He is. He's not a number one. Brunson. Nice addition at point guard. We'll finally stabilize the, the, the point guard spot. Not a number one. You know, he may help Randall. We now have a guy to take it up court and do a little more with it. Could help Julius. But we obviously see what happens when Randall tries to be that guy. We still need a number one. So Rose has to figure out what is next with the players that he's keeping and the picks that he's keeping. You can't tell us you value draft picks, and then not want to part with your unprotected. You just recently, last season, in the middle of the year, you wasted a first-round pick, that was eventually used for that was you know it was it was used for De, uh, Dejounte Murray, on Cam Reddish, who never plays and apparently now wants out. You even more recently, again traded out of a lottery spot were heavily protected picks, and you told us that was for a star. You drafted Obi Toppin a few years ago in the lotto, and you have done nothing. You've done nothing but waste that pick too because you don't play Obi Toppin. You can't just keep all these picks and do nothing with them. So I understand that Danny Angel's asking price for the Knicks was was a lot. It was a ripoff. But you also aren't getting further, I'm sorry, you are, you are getting further away from each year from being that lottery team that gets the top whatever pick. But at the same time, you're also still pretty far away from title contention. The worst place to be in the NBA is right in the middle. And the Knicks are right in the middle. That's where they've been under Leon Rose so far. So, gotta figure that out. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey, fellas. I've noticed that only a small percentage of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and want to be alerted every time a new episode drops, consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the podcast grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4 all right so if you guys want to follow me on social media i'm on facebook rj carbone and i'm also on instagram at rob j carbone that's facebook rj carbone and on instagram i'm at rob j carbone Sorry, we went to the wrong slide there. Welcome back to the show, episode uh, 403 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Now, you know, I'll play a little devil's advocate, all right? Excuse me. I'll play a little devil's advocate. Uh, Again, like like giving up these three picks plus RJ Barrett, I think it was Obi Toppin and and Quentin Grimes and Evan Fournier to match salary, you know, all you have to add some players in there. I, I think that's what the deal was. I don't know if I think they took Grimes out, but it it was a lot. Um, So giving up all that plus the three picks is a large hit to your depth. Let's be honest. You know, if you get Mitchell, say you got Mitchell from that deal, the question then becomes how much better were those Knicks than these Knicks, right? If you got Mitchell, you've got Brunson, Mitchell, a small forward, Randall. Robinson, and then your bench is like D Rose, I Q, Sims. If Grimes is still there, then Grimes. You know, you're maybe a sixth seed. You're maybe number six. I'd say that's their ceiling with Donovan Mitchell. If it was that deal, if you, you know, if you're talking about this current roster. Brunson, RJ, Fournier, most likely Randall, Mitch. With Rose, IQ, Sims, Grimes off the bench. And whoever else. Maybe an 8-10 to 10 seed. Right? Your ceiling. So it's like the question becomes, do you want to gut all of that just to marginally improve? Right? And maybe, not even a guarantee, go one round further in the playoffs if you make it. So I understand why they wouldn't want to give up all of that. Also, maybe Leon Rose is looking at those unprotected picks and seeing the years on them. Uh, it was 2025, 2027, and 2028. And the two swaps were 2026 and 2028. So if the Knicks are trying to build for a title, maybe they saw those assets and said, well, if we have Donovan Mitchell, we wouldn't have those picks to get him additional help in the future. Because, again, they are still a few years away with him, even. But, bottom line, my hope is, yeah, you use these picks relatively soon. Maybe attach them to Randall if it's the same old shit this year with him. Free up minutes for Obi Toppin. But all I am saying is this must not, cannot be it. This cannot be the final plan. They can't just stockpile on picks and use them organically in a draft. You gotta make some moves at one point. You gotta do something. So it's gonna it's all gonna depend. Really, the first half of this season, playing up to the trade deadline, is is the most important part of their season, in my opinion. If again, if they go out there this year, the Knicks, and they shit the bet. And it's it's deadline time, and they're shitting the bed. But Tibbs, you know he's stubborn. You know he's always going to want to win, and he has some voice. He says, "No, we, we can go for this because we're fringe contenders, and we're right there." And he keeps playing the veterans just to try and get into the playoffs, like he did last year, and it doesn't work in the end. Especially that's going to be so upsetting because that's going to get them nowhere. But if you if you if you get off to a good start and you look like a solid team. Even the veterans are producing. You hope that they can find a balance with the youth, but it looks positive. It looks like the Knicks are going to make it. Maybe you ride with it, but you still have to find a balance. You still have to find time for youth because that's the most important, important part here. Now, if you go out there and you shit the bed and you trade the vets at the deadline because you know you're shit in the bed and you go full on youth for the last portion of the season. That's good too. We just need to progress in some type of direction. Whether we take the next step forward in winning, developing our youth, both. You know, we just have to take a step there. We can't just have another year like last year where we don't go anywhere not just in the standings, but as a franchise, we just don't move. We're stuck in the same spot in no man's land. And that can't happen. That's it. Quick episode. That's all. Um, We're going to head to our final break. And when we get back, we'll wrap it up with the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. Stay with us. Be right there. So, for episode 403, our NYY NYK MMA question of the day is, In Game 2 of the 1993 Eastern Conference Finals, what iconic moment happened for the Knicks? In Game 2 of the 1993 Eastern Conference Finals, what iconic moment happened for the Knicks? I hope I didn't ask this question before, just don't remember. (laughs) But I'll let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you attempt to guess the answer and get it wrong, I'll at least let you know what the answer is when I release the next episode. One last time, in Game 2 of the 1993 Eastern Conference Finals, what iconic moment happened for the Knicks? If you want to hint, it was against the Chicago Bulls. Guys, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Quick one tonight, just real briefly giving my thoughts on the Donovan Mitchell trade. Um, We'll see what happens going forward. And um, again, I'm going to try to have a projections, predictions, hot take episode out sometime this month if I can get to it. But we'll see. Thanks for tuning in. I'm excited for the season, man. I am. Um, That's it, fellas. Thanks so much, and I'll see you in episode 404. We'll be back talking Yankees again. But episode 403 is in the books. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and I'll see you in the next one all right guys ciao this podcast is brought to you by anchor it's the best way to make a podcast download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm